All right, good morning, everybody. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us as you make your way to your seats. We've got a great day ahead for you. And hey, if this is your first visit with us, we really thank you for coming out in the, in the weather uh, and making it with us. We have a gift for you that we'd like to get into your hands at our hub. The hub is right through those doors and to your right, and uh, we'll be there to help with any questions you might have about our church, and if you are like me and you're not very technologically savvy, we have people there that are highly trained in how to use an iPad and other things like that, so you'll be fine. They can help you figure out what's going on. You can check out our website at shinechurch.life, um, and you'll, you'll find everything going on. Hey, just a couple of quick things. Don't forget, next week, uh, it's setting our clocks ahead, right? Spring ahead, fall behind. Yay! So don't forget about that. And you know what? Your, your smartphones will do that on their own. But the ones on the microwave and the other ones, they don't do that. They're not smart. You have to manually go in there and check those and make sure it works. I was behind four weeks last year because I forgot to do that. I already started off behind. Uh, and next week, by the way, this is a big weekend. So we have baby dedications uh, next week, March 9th and 10th, uh, during our services, or no, it's going to be after the service. No, during the service. Excuse me. Thank you, Dan. During the service. But here's the thing. If you could contact our office by this coming Wednesday to let us know if that's what you want to be a part of and, and you're doing that, we need to know that by this Wednesday. Please call and leave, leave us a message or talk to us there at the office. Also, next week is the house parties we're going we're gonna to have again on March 10th. Uh, that's next Sunday. And this is cool. We're we're having two families that live in Highlands Ranch host the house parties. Now, they, they drive all the way down here and make their way down here. We're asking everybody to have, have a little road trip. If you want to carpool, have fun. We'll drive up there and be at their places. Dan and Tina Niesink will be hosting one, and then Ryan and Mandy Stitt will be hosting another house party. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So bring your party hats and plenty of Velcro. It's going to be a big day. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's, it's sounded funny. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. Um, and again, if, yeah, if you need any, any help from any of our staff or whatever, just see us at the hub uh, right through those doors and to your right. We have everything there for you. And let me pray for the offering, and we'll get into the word from Pastor DJ. It's awesome. So, Lord, thank you so much for your presence in our lives. Um, Lord, we just give you this time. We ask you to bless the offering. Speak to every heart how we can give to you uh, cheerfully in every way. We ask you to bless that. And, and as well, Lord, the word that comes forth, we ask you to bless it and make it come alive to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much, Rob. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Shine Church. Welcome to our God-Centered Living series. Um, I thought they wouldn't have me back after last week, but um, somehow something must have bogged down in the communication process, and I'm back this week. So um, this may be my last week for a while. But anyway, it's good to be with you. Um, And I'm just excited to share with you. I believe that um, if you haven't been uh, a part of this, we just thought to begin the year, what better way to start off the year than to talk about putting God right at the center of our lives, uh, of our church, um, truly to recognize, I guess is a better way to say it, to recognize that He is the center and He's inviting us to, to view Him as such and to understand how, how that impacts our lives. And so we're in the middle of, of a God-centered living series and we talked about marriage and relationships. We're going to transition uh, this weekend and really start to look at the idea of stewardship, God-centered stewardship. How many of you guys know pastors love to talk about stewardship? You know, like, hey, good news and bad news. Good news, God has all the money that he needs for all the ministry he wants to do. Bad news is it's in your wallet. You know, that kind of... Sorry, bad pastor joke. Okay, no, but pastors, uh, we talk about stewardship, but we really do love talking about it because God has in purpose for us to have great joy in being stewards of his stuff and, and understanding our role as stewards. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And so I'm excited to jump into it uh, today. And uh, um, really, I want to start off with a passage. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Matthew 6, 19 through 24. And uh, Jesus was in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says these words. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy... Stop right there. Vermin is a fun word, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Like, has anybody said vermin since John Wayne? You know, there are them vermin. You know, anyway, I just, it's, I just love this passage for many reasons, but that's one of them. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and, there's that word again, vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I thought this felt like a safe place to start when talking about stewardship. You know what I'm saying? It's Jesus, Sermon on the Mount. How can you go wrong? You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, and it's talking about resources, right? Do you kind of catch that? You can't serve both God and money. So everybody see kind of the connection, you know, some on topic and everything. But here's the thing, as I read through that, and I wonder if you noticed it when when we just read it together, there was something that seemed a little bit interesting. So he talks about the first part, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and so forth, you know, lay up your treasures in heaven. Everybody see kind of, okay, we're talking about resources, yep, everybody in agreement? Talking about stewardship, talking about, you know, maybe material things or finances or whatever, okay. And then at the end, he's like, and you can't serve two masters, right? Either you'll serve one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Would everybody agree that we're talking once again about stewardship? Yep, Yep, everybody on the same page so far. Now, in the middle of those two things, randomly, he starts talking about the eye. Did anybody catch that? He's like right in the middle. Like, oh, and if your eye is bad, your whole body is bad. But if your eye is good, wait, what happened? 
Now, I want you guys to understand, as an ADD sort of communicator, I find great comfort in the fact that Jesus just randomly... I'm like, thank you, Lord. Maybe it was just for me. <laughs> but I'm like, thank you. You did that too. Rabbit trails. My wife is constantly trying to like, honey, you've got to keep those reined in. So pray for her. She has a very, very difficult job. <laughs> but, but Jesus seems to do that. It's like, why are we we're talking about money and treasure and all that? And then we're going to talk about it again. But then you're like, the eyes. What? So let me ask you, why do you think Jesus starts talking about the eyes in the middle of a conversation and a teaching about stewardship and resources. Go. Focus, okay, go with that. What, what focus? Sorry, who said that? I forgot. Didn't. Oh, right there, yes. Why focus on what or how? On how you manage, what you're focusing on. Good. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Somebody else want to add to that? Yes. Mm. So treasures look pleasing to the eye. Maybe there's kind of an enticement there. And he's saying, hey, be careful. Your eyes have something to do. Excellent, Abby. Anybody else? Yep, back in the back. That's good, man. The eyes, having your eyes follow the darkness of the treasures on earth versus like truly laying up treasures in heaven. Thank you so much, man. That's powerful. Yes, Melody. Come on. Yep, in sports like in golf, you don't look at, you know, you look at where you want it to go. Um, yep, yeah, what you're looking at has some bearing, right, on what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You, the ball's going to follow your focal point. Um, absolutely. I think, I think you're right. I think we're, we're kind of starting to hone in on something that, that God did very, very intentionally. You guys know Jesus did stuff for a reason? Yeah. I don't know if everything happens for a reason. You know, that's like what people answer when you ask them, you know, if they're a Christian. Well, I think everything happens for a reason, um, which is a great starting point. But uh, <laughs> Jesus really did do everything for a reason. Uh, I, I really believe that Jesus is trying to say that to be God-centered stewards, we have to see clearly. To be God-centered stewards the way God wants us to be, we have to see clearly. It really starts with seeing clearly. And um, if we say, well, see what clearly? Well, I think a great place to start is to see God clearly, yep. right? Would you agree? Yep. That's a great place to put our sight first. Like if we're going to get one thing clear, let's let it be him. And from there, I think everything else can begin to, to take shape and, and we begin to have clarity in all the other areas, right? So what do I mean with that? Well, in, in the very, very beginning, Genesis chapter one, right? We know that um, the beginning is a good place to start. Would you agree? So let's go back to chapter one of the first book. So God is talking about creation. And he says there in verses 26 through 28, if you want to pull it up, 
he uh, creates the man and the woman, and it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image. This is the word Elohim in the Hebrew. It's the plural name for God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're having a conversation together. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock. By the way, did you catch that word rule? That's important. We'll come back to that. Okay. So they may rule over the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. Think about that. In the image of God, he created them, meaning us, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I'm telling you what, so, wow, okay, where do we go? Okay, this is exciting stuff, guys. We are at the top of the food chain. Somebody say amen. Now, if you're a vegetarian, that doesn't mean as much to you. But <laughs> if you like steak and sushi, you're like, yes, hallelujah. Anyway, I'm just messing. But the point is, we're not just at the top of the food chain. But in Genesis chapter 1, God is letting us in on a very important fact, and that is he's putting us in a place of honor. Would you, do you see that there? He blessed them. He said, let us make man in our image. The Im Here's God, who very much is the one in control of the universe, and he's like, I'm going to put man and woman right here on this little round planet floating around in space, but I'm going to make them in my image. He blessed us, and he said, man, be fruitful and multiply, increase. I mean, all of these words, I'm not going to take the time to bore you with them. I did actually look up all these little words using my little handy-dandy Bible app. Anyway, but it's all very cool stuff, like becoming many, becoming powerful, right? It's all about influence. It's all about, wow, you're at the top. You're ruling over. The word subdue or have dominion over, do you know what word that is in Hebrew? It's kabosh. Everybody heard like, hey, put the kabosh on that. Now we got to put the kabosh on that. That means bring that thing under submission. But that's actually a good thing in Genesis 1. God is saying like, hey, man and woman, I'm giving you authority as my stewards to put the kibosh on those weeds, you know, and, 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 and whatever, right? I mean, prune that fruit and, you know, do good things. And so it's awesome. God has given us anything. God wants us to see him with our eyes very clearly as he is a lifter, not a squasher. And what did the enemy come and do two chapters later in chapter three, the very beginning of the Bible story of all of creation, he comes in and what does he start doing? Condemning God's character. Oh, God's threatened by you. God wants to take away your dignity. God wants to take away your authority. God wants to take away your fun. God wants to take away your, your authority and your power and your control. He wants to just rule over you and squash you down. Is that what we just heard in chapter one? That's not what I heard. I heard we were created to rule and to reign and to subdue and to have dominion over. That sounds like fun to me. I like being the one, right? Do you like that? Is it better to be over or is it better to be under? I like being over if I have the choice, right? All things being equal. God is saying, man, I want you to see clearly. If you're going to be God-centered stewards, I want you to see me, my heart, man, the way. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Because guess what? The enemy's been trying that lie for thousands of years. Has the enemy tried that lie on you? Oh, the church just wants your money. 
Oh, God just went, ah, you're going to have to end up going to Peru and helping with some orphanage. We have a couple of people actually in Peru as we speak working on community feeding centers and, and giving tons of money and, I mean, you know, doing kingdom stuff. But the enemy's like, oh, if you surrender to God and buy into the stewardship mindset, well, who knows where that'll lead and what's next, you know? I'm telling you what, it's a lie. He's, the enemy's robbing us blind because he's lying to us and getting us not to see God clearly as the giver, the lifter, the one who is, he's not trying to take our stuff. He's giving us his stuff. He's like, hey, tell you what. He's like, I want a relationship with you. I'm gonna give you this planet. I'm gonna hang on to the rest of the universe. <laughs> but you guys, you know, manage this. I'm putting you in authority. I'm putting you, I'm giving you authority and responsibility and, and just to rule over and to reign. And let's have conversations. Let's get together every afternoon in the cool of the day and we'll talk about it. Hey, how's that, how's that planet Earth going? <laughs> it's like, pretty good. Kind of struggling with like what to call this big, huge animal with like a horn and he's like, you know, kind of in the river and, you know, and God's like, I don't know. Try something like with hippo. Start there. And, uh, Hippopotamus. And God's like, brilliant, you know. I mean, I don't know. What did those conversations look like, right? Man and woman, God, just talking about Lordship, talking about stewardship, talking about taking care of a planet. God's, you know, feeding him, hey, have you tried? Man, watch out for those green peppers. They're hot. Adam's like, what? <laughs> I warned you, you know. I mean, who knows, right? Conversations about cuisine. He's like, hey, psst, come here. I hid these sparkly little stones in the ground. You can knock them out and then polish them and then put them like on a circular thing. Your wife's going to love it. Trust me. <laughs> it's a woman's best friend. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? But the conversations, God was like about relationship. And he wants us to see him clearly, not by the deception of the enemy, that he's a squasher. Our God is a lifter. He's a blesser. He gave us authority. Okay, when we do that, James 1.17, we start to see that every good and perfect gift is from above, Right? We start to understand, we're seeing clearly, man, God is the giver of every good gift. Everything I have in my life comes from him. He's the giver, he's the provider. What else? We start changing our mindset. We start understanding that he has all power and authority and that I don't need to live in fear anymore. He's a great provider and he's able to provide. Do you know, um, my parents uh, were born, my dad was born in 1929. My mom was born in 1932. Who knows what happened in 1929? The crash. What crash? Stock market crash, right? The Great Depression. That was the first year of it. And so I remember my parents telling me stories. They were both from Iowa, which in itself can be a little bit of a, you know, testimony that they made it through. Um, but but um, I remember them telling me they, would use, they used to make sandwiches out of onion, onion sandwiches. I, I don't know. If, has anybody had an onion sandwich? Oh, what dogs had one. Awesome. <laughs> they used to have an onion slice, put some a little piece of white bread, onion slice, a little bit of may, uh, excuse me, uh, mustard, and then another slice of white bread, and then that was their sandwich, and that was their meal. Why? Because there wasn't a lot of ribeye going around in the, you know, 30s. And so they learned to live in a, in a period of scarcity. And what happens when we experience scarcity? Something sinks in, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it's like, all of a sudden, when, you, when we are exposed to resource, we're like, I better, I better grab this stuff. I better, I don't know when I'm going to, and I better watch over it, and I better hoard it, right? Because it's just the natural reaction. I don't know when I'm going to come across this stuff again. 
I got to be careful. I, I don't know if I'll ever again be in a grocery store like this. I don't know if I'll ever again have pairs of shoes like this. I got to grab it. And we see that mindset. And God is saying, now, when you see me clearly, I want to wash that mindset off of you. I want to bring you from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance, of plenty, because I'm a God of plenty. I'm not a God of scarcity. I'm a God who, man, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And if I were hungry, I would not tell you. And if I were thirsty, I wouldn't come begging to you because it's all mine. There's nothing that you have that I need you to give me. I'm God. I own it all. If anything, I'm wanting to share with you my blessings. So God is inviting us into that place where we see him. And so that is why I believe Jesus said, hey, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be bad. Here's another cool fact before we move on. Is that what happens, let me ask you this. What happens when we don't see God clearly? When our eyes aren't good, what's the response? What happens in our stewardship? Selfishness? Yep. What else? Disobedience? Yep. Fear? Mm-hmm. What if I honor God? What, what happens to my needs? Okay, what else? Yep, Dick? Idol worship? We make idols out of things other than God? Absolutely. What else? Confusion. Go with that. How? <laughs> He's like, you're up there supposed to be teaching. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Not putting pressure. Hmm, confusion about what's important, man. We start, yep, that all happens. Yep. General state of moving away from God, right? When we, when we don't see him, when our eye is bad. You know, Jesus told a parable in Matthew chapter 20 that was about workers in a vineyard. And this Lord of the vineyard hired all these people and he started at 6 a.m. And then 9 a.m. hired some more people. Noon hired some more. 3 p.m. hired some more. 5 o'clock, he went out and just an hour before closing time, he hired a few more people. And then when pay time came, you know, he had agreed to give them one denarius, which was a day's wage, each of them. And so he started by calling the people that were hired at 5 p.m., you know, an hour before closing, and he gave them a full day's wage, a denarius. So all the other people, naturally, I think as we would probably think, were like, sweet, if they're getting, you know, if it's 12 bucks an hour and they're getting 12 bucks, we're going to get, you know, they're doing the math and they're like, sweet, this is going to be great. But that's not what happened. God gives, Jesus said that the, the Lord of the vineyard gave them each a denarius, which is what they had agreed to, was a full day's wage. And what happened? Their reaction was, how did they feel? Cheated, maybe jealous, right? Angry, frustrated, confused, all these things. Their mind, of, their stewardship was very much affected by this strange behavior on the part of the master because they didn't see clearly. And here's the thing. In that passage, where in our Bibles translate Jesus telling them, I think it's in verse 15, Jesus told them this. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Um, and then in some translations it says, or are you jealous because I'm good? But really what it says in the Greek is, or is your eye evil because I am good? Come on, somebody. That's good. I'll tell you what. Jesus said, stewardship starts with your eye. If your eye is not seeing me clearly, it's going to produce jealousy, fear, all these things in your life. You're not going to be able to be a steward if your eye is not good. Amen? Amen. So God is inviting us to see him Clearly, as we begin to see him, we begin to be free to be stewards. Okay, what's the next thing? How do, we, how do we get to see him clearly? 
I believe that that happens as many things in the kingdom of God begins with hearing. Our ears in the kingdom, strangely, because we like to, well, I'll believe it when I see it, right? But in the kingdom of God, a lot of times he starts with, what are you hearing? And uh, uh, I felt like the Lord led me to uh, chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, verse 22. Chapter 15 of uh, 1 Samuel, verse 22, there's a story of Samuel the prophet going to confront King Saul, who was the first king of Israel. King Saul had been given very clear instructions about um, going in and destroying completely this, this enemy, you know, whatever, army and, and people or whatever, uh, and even all the animals. He's like, I just... God said, just do away with all of it. I don't know if it was because of disease. You know, who knows what? God has his reasons. But he's like, hey, just do away with it all. I don't want any of it. But Saul had a brilliant idea of like, well, what if I hold something back, some of the best animals for sacrifice? That seems like a good thing, right? I mean, God likes sacrifices, giving, you know, stuff to God. Seems like it'd be a good thing. But Samuel shows up and says, hey, what's that bleeding of cattle that I hear? Or bleeding of sheep, sorry. Not bleeding. Bleating. Okay, just make sure we're on the same, you know, that kind of bleeding. Not like, ah, you know, not that kind of bleeding. Okay. But Samuel shows up. He's like, what is this that I hear? And he tells him these words to Saul. Um, And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen, by the way, if I could have that clock on that monitor, it would be great. Um, To listen is better than the fat of rams. Now, here's the interesting thing. I thought, okay, there again, I'm like, that's a good, um, you know, uh, scripture regarding stewardship, right? Would you agree? Kind of has something, you know, sacrifice. I think if we're talking about stewardship, hey, we expect like, okay, hit me with it. Hit me with the sacrifice. I'm ready. Here goes. You know, we're like... Okay, Lord Jesus, help us. You know what I'm saying? We're in that, that, that message series, right? <laughs> and sacrifice, I think if we were to put it differently in our day, because I know in our day it's like, we don't kill animals as much, um, unless you go, you know, some, some places. But, um, but, but I think sacrifice, we could call it going above and beyond. Right? So if, if, I, if I hire someone at, so my wife just started a new job on Monday of this last week. I'm not going to say what it is, and I'm not going to shamelessly I want you to know this is not that kind of church that would shamelessly plug a pastor's wife's new job and store using the pulpit. That would be shameful. That would be disgraceful. I will not do that. I will not go there. But it is a retail place. <laughs> At Park Meadows Mall. Four for two special. Okay. Um, but here's the deal. She's working on the scheduling, right? And uh, looking for people to work nights, looking for people to work weekends. And so as she's looking at all these employees and this team that she's building, she's having to go through that conversation. I'm sure business owner Tyrone, you're the same way. Like, you're looking for, like, who goes above and beyond? You know what I'm saying? Who takes long lunches? Who takes short lunches? Dan, let's not talk about the kind of lunches I take. This is not the time for that. Okay. Who takes long lunches? Who takes short lunches? Yeah. My lunches sometimes end up being multiple day lunches. He's like, I'll see you on Thursday, I guess. Have fun. Have fun storming the castle. We have an understanding. At least I think we do. Uh, (laughs) Until I get fired, then it'll be like, oh, maybe I didn't understand. Um, But you know, as a business owner, we look for people that sacrifice, right? To make the company great. We look for people that work nights, that work weekends, that take on extra projects, that do education on their own, that come and solve problems creatively. Have you ever felt that way? That's part of a success principle. Would you agree? 
It's part of a, hey, if you're going to be a good steward of even your job, like you want to go above and beyond. Do more than what's expected. I think that's another word for sacrifice. But God is saying here, there's something that matters way more to him than us going above and beyond. And what is that? Well, I looked at that word, uh, obey, because it's okay, well, that makes sense. But here's what blew me away. That word obey, to obey is better than sacrifice, isn't even really obey. You ready for this? Because you understand, our statement of faith or statement of belief tells us, for those Bible nerds out there, that we believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. That means that the Bible is without error in its original manuscripts. Okay, so we know it was written in Hebrew and Greek, a little bit of Aramaic. That's what we believe. But we understand that the people who translate it to different languages like English are people, right? They're people, men and women like you and, I, and me. And so, you know, they're going to do their absolute best and the Holy Spirit is on that process. Man, we believe that. We believe that, man, we can trust the Word of God. We can read it. We can believe it. We can go with it. But once in a while, there might be a little something where, you know, a translator had to go, well, I could either say it this way or say it this way. And once in a while, it's like, okay, yes, it is correct, partially, but there might be another meaning to it as well. Does that make sense? Everybody okay? I'm not like, let's throw out our Bibles and burn them in a big bonfire. That's not what I'm advocating. But I am saying when we once in a while go to the original language, sometimes we pick up a little nuance that was missed. In this one, out of 10 definitions, the first eight or nine definitions are not obey. It is to hear. To hear is better than sacrifice. To hear is better than sacrifice. To hear me, God is saying. I'll just stay right here. (laughs) To, To hear me. Somebody, if you could bring in about an extra eight subwoofers, it'd be great. To hear me is better than sacrifice. Why is this so important? I believe God is saying, We've got to get the first step, the starting point, right. Have you ever put together an Ikea piece of furniture that came in a box? I actually came across a cartoon this week that had, it showed an Ikea and and uh, somebody wanting a job is coming in for an interview. And the manager of Ikea is sitting at his desk. This is a little cartoon. Sitting at his desk. And he says, oh, please, come on in for the interview. He goes, please have a seat. But on the ground is just a bunch of unassembled pieces of chair. <laughs> That's his job interview. But here's the thing. If you ever put something together, like a chair, like a piece of furniture, or if you put together a lawnmower or a grill, oh, man. Wow, that'll test your Christianity right there. Anybody with me? Anybody been frustrated? Because you get most of it together, but it's like, oh, I forgot to do that. No, no. And then it's like, you got to take it apart. You know, fix the one part, put it all back together. It's a pain, right? Here's the thing. God is saying it's important when I say something a certain way because I'm wanting to identify the starting point. Yes, maybe doing what I say or obeying, that's going to come, but that's not the starting point. The starting point is to hear is better than sacrifice. Why is this so important? I believe it's because of this. Isaiah 55 tells us this. I'm going to hit you with a couple scriptures. If it's too much, just, you know, play Angry Birds on your phone. But come back, rejoin us when you can. But Isaiah 55 says this, these words, I think. Wait, maybe. Oh, here we go. Uh, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. By the way, that's a whole other stewardship message that maybe we'll preach sometime. Seed for the sower giving it away, and bread for the eater, taking some for ourselves as well. Part of God's stewardship. Anyway, 
As the snow that comes down, so is my word. Say word. So is my word, God is saying, that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I love this. Okay, here's why. Here's why I'm so excited about to hear more than to obey. Because to obey involves me trying to do stuff that God said, right? Do you get that? And that's a part of the process a little later on. But God is saying it doesn't begin with your effort. It doesn't begin with you. It begins with what? My word. When you hear, to hear is better than sacrifice. When you draw near to me and hear my word and my voice, that's where the magic happens. That's where inception happens. That's where faith is conceived. What does Romans 10, 17 say? He, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the what? Word of God. Oh my gosh. This is crazy how just God just starts giving us, you know, how it fits together. He's saying the start of the process is not obedience and it's not even faith. It's you drawing close enough to even hear. If you will let my word get in there through a little crack, through a little cranny, if you put yourself near enough to my word and just have it spoken over you, 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 you all chose to be here this weekend. You chose to put yourself in a, in a zone where the word of God is going out like radioactivity and you will be impacted by the word of God. It will not return empty to him, but it will accomplish what he sent it to accomplish. I'm telling you what, our, our trust and our, and our confidence is not in our ability to implement stuff or obey, but it's in the word of God, yeah. the word that spoke the planets into existence, that commanded the stars and the sun and moon came into place. That is the word that God is saying, will you not just see me correctly and clearly, but I want you to hear me. I'm telling you what, that word is what Abraham in Genesis 22, God told him, Abraham, all nations will be blessed because you, and it's translated, obeyed me. Mm -mm. Starts way before he obeyed. Because you what? You heard me. Abraham, you heard me. You got close enough to hear my word. And that faith was sparked in you, according to Romans 10, 17. And all of a sudden, everything else started clicking into place. As you begin to do those things that I promised you. And you begin to believe my word. God is saying, will you draw near enough to me to hear to hear my voice. Is that good? Does that make a difference? Let's talk about that. What difference does that make then? I mean, is it just a technicality? Or is God saying it really makes a difference to understand that it all begins with hearing? What difference does that make to you in your understanding of what God is wanting from you, your understanding of stewardship? Anybody? Didn't fall on deaf ears. <laughs> no pun intended. Good job, Monty. Somebody else. What difference does this make? Understanding that God's inviting us to hear him. And to, to know, to understand from him. Yes, somebody here? Keith? Hearing, hearing to me is the same as seeing and loving. Mm. I don't feel it without first mm. Yeah, you can give without hearing, but you can't hear and not give. When we hear, when we truly make room for his word. That starts changing us from the inside out, right? Somebody else? Ooh, difference between legalism and life. Go with that, Dan. How do you see that? I just think that 
For those online, it's the difference between legalism and life-giving. Did I say that right? That Man, when God is speaking stuff, his life-giving word, it's going forth, and we're just kind of joining in that river, being a part of that flow. Absolutely. Totally a different, different thing. Somebody else? Yes, Tom, go with that. Invitation? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. It's an invitation to greater intimacy. That's, again, back to Genesis chapter 3 when God walked in the cool of the garden. He was wanting that conversation. He was, man, let's talk about it. Yeah, what flavors have you discovered? What diamonds and stones have you found in the ground? What I don't know what's going on. How's that waterfall working? You discovered hydroelectric energy? Not yet? Okay, well, you'll get to that, you know? You know? iPhone, how's that coming? Okay, that's, that's 2000. Okay. You know, those conversations, that intimacy... Of, of, of a steward and the king of kings, you know, little king, small king. Do you know that there's a song where it says, actually, I have called you gods with small g? Jesus quoted it. Is that weird? Think about it. Have you thought about that? That we as people are called little gods, little g, not God, capital G, but Jesus quoted it, okay? Hebrews as well. So I'm saying, God is saying, you're made in my image. I want to have these conversations with you. I love hearing how, how's that? How's that planet coming? You know, let's talk about it. Let's work together on it. I love that. Here's the thing. I'll give you one more on this, and then we'll close with the, how this makes a difference. John chapter 15. Jesus is uh, getting ready to lay down his life, and he's with his closest friends, his disciples, and he says these words in verse 15. I, no longer do I call you servants. Dulos, slave is the word there. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have, what? He practiced this. All that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. All that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. And all of a sudden, the disciples, his friends, Peter and James and John and the others, man, they were listening to Jesus. They were hearing him speak. They were hearing him kind of pour out of, what does the kingdom of God look like? What is our Father like as a provider? What is he like as a steward of, well, owner of the universe? And how is he inviting us in stewardship to walk in his image, to honor him with his resources? Here's that word for friends. It's phileo. We've talked about it under the love series. But it says this. It means this. A friend, someone dearly loved or prized. Think about yourself for a second. This is how God views you. You are someone dearly loved and prized. You are in a personal, intimate way, a trusted confidant, held dear in a close bond of personal affection. Have you thought about yourself that way? That's, how, that's, what, that's the relationship that God wants with you. Does that sound like barking orders and us running to obey? That's not most friendships that I'm a part of. Now, just before that passage, Jesus said, hey, I do give you a commandment. Here's my commandment. Love one another. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll give you. You want commandments? I'll give you a commandment. Love one another. Like it's... You know what I'm saying? But really, here's what I'm after. I'm calling you friends. I'm not, don't sit there like, okay, give us our next command. Yes, sir. Okay. You know? That's not what he's after. He's like, come on near to me. Listen to me. Hear the sound of my voice. You're going to know what the Father's like. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John chapter 14 says, 
telling you what, it changes the way we view stewardship, doesn't it? When we see that God is not a squasher but a lifter, that Jesus is calling us into friendship, into deep affection with him, to, li- to seeing him clearly, to listening to him. Now, I'm super excited because what happens when those things take place? When we are seeing clearly, when we're hearing him, drawing, okay, terrible, terrible pastor alliteration, but I went to Bible college, can't help myself. Okay, here's what he's, are you ready? You're gonna wanna forget this as soon as you hear it. But <laughs> Jesus is asking us to draw near enough to hear so we'll have a grin from ear to ear. Because earlier in that passage, he says, I tell you these things so my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Isn't that terrible? Just forget about it right now. Don't even ever remember that. It's a terrible, terrible alliteration. But, but here's what happens. When those things are working in our life, what we hear in, uh, intelligently, yeah, Just quick praise break. Okay. Um, what we hear intelligently, what we see clearly, we imitate joyously. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. Don't miss that part, because that's like being friends of God. As dearly loved children. That's the whole context that we're looking at all of this through. As dearly loved children. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering. There's that word sacrifice. It is part of what God's doing. I'm not trying to lie to you. I'm not trying to say, no, you know, yes, God is making us more like Jesus every day and our stewardship is gonna look more like Jesus every day. But that's not the starting point. He's saying, man, imitate what you see the Father doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. He was, and that word imitate um, comes from the word mimic. So some translations say, you know, follow the example of, but for whatever reason to me, follow the example of sounds a little bit more like, Okay, I'll get to that, right? If I'm going to follow your example, you go on ahead and I'll kind of, all right, I'll follow you in a minute. But if I'm going to mimic somebody, do you know what mimicking is? Like, have you ever been like to a city where there's like crazy people on the street, like doing crazy stuff? Like, you know, the statues and they're like all of a sudden, you know, or somebody starts walking along with you with like a white face and gloves and you're walking and they're like, ah, you know, and they're like copying the way you walk. In my case, it'd be like, I'm just kidding. I don't walk that way. That's my only dance move. Had to use it once. But if we mimic, we have to be right there, right? They're doing like this, you know, the whole, ever seen that? And they're like mirror image. I'm mimicking. I'm so close. I'm paying attention to your every move so that I can mimic and do exactly what you do. That is what God is saying. You know what? As dearly loved children, mimic me imitate me so closely. The message says it this way. Watch what God does and then you do it. Praise break. Watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. We don't have to be afraid, church. God's not trying to get our stuff. He's not trying to get his hands into our wallet. He's given us everything. (laughs) He's calling us and inviting us into an intimate relationship and friendship with him where we can hear about his purpose 
and join him in that purpose because that's where the life is, is when we hear his voice, allow faith to rise up in us. Now, I have a quick, uh, fun little illustration, which I'm going to need a volunteer for. And we're going to talk about the difference that seeing and hearing clearly can make upon our ability to imitate. So who wants to be my victim? I mean, my um, volunteer. Who? People, I see people pointing at each other. What? Somebody right here. Claudia? Come on up, Claudia. Give it up for Claudia Avila. <laughs> Woo! Okay, Claudia. So here's what we're going to do. I have a set of Bose noise-canceling headphones. Retail $299.95. Free to me because my friend Nate brought them. Thank you, Nate. For this week, I don't get. To, do I get to keep them? No. Okay, just for the week. Okay, for the illustration. Uh, but these are noise canceling, and so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna put these on you. With are you okay with the hair? Because it looks you have a good hair day. So I don't want to mess with that. I know. Listen, guys, always ask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so and I have here a very handy dandy. Do you know what this is? A blindfold. So I'm gonna have you ask you to put this blindfold on. And I'm going to put these, yes, wow, she's good. Oh, my goodness, it's great. Um, so, oopsie, okay, put the blindfold on, and then I'm going to put these headphones on. I'm going to put a uh, song on. If it happens to be a Jonas Brothers song, so be it. I'm not saying it is. <laughs> not saying it isn't. I'm not saying I even know about their new release this week or that they're getting back together. I'm just whatever, whatever happens to be. Tell you what, I'm going to put on the first song right here that's on my Spotify. Uh, and so the idea is you're probably not going to be able to hear or see very clearly. And we, I, and whoever wants to join me are going to do something. And your goal is to going to be to imitate what we're doing. Okay. I'm going to tap you on the shoulder because you won't hear us or see us. But I'm going to tap you and you need to right then start doing what we do. Okay. Are you in? Sure. Yes. Okay. You can't see, can you? Nope. Okay. So I'm going to have you put these on. I'm going to put these on okay. for you. Okay, is that, you can adjust those if you need to. Okay. And I'm going to turn the noise canceling feature on. Okay. And I'm going to find, again, an unnamed random song. I'm not even saying it's Jonas Brothers, or it isn't. Okay, so, uh, oh, hold on. Okay, and are you ready with the music, Maestro? So we're going to, as soon as this is on, um, you're going to do whatever just seems like it comes natural. Okay, so are you ready? Hold on one second. You okay? Can you hear me? You can't hear me? Okay, I think we're safe. Okay, hit the music. Come on, everybody. What's wrong with you? We're having fun up here, Claudia. Come on. Come on, look at everybody. Imitate us. Look around. Claudia, come on. What's wrong with you? We're living the abundant life of God. We're doing stewardship. Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, man. All right, cut the music. Okay, what, what happened there, Claudia? Because you, I hate to say it, but you kind of failed. 
Like you, what did you, what happened? Why was it so hard to imitate what we were doing? <laughs> I can't see what you're doing, and I'm jamming to the tunes right here. Okay, let's try. Okay, do you guys want, okay, are we okay time-wise? Are you, okay? are you serious? I wanted to be done by quarter after, but anybody, okay, if you need to go, go, but if not, okay, we're gonna, are we going to give her one more chance? We're going to give you one more chance, all right? We're going to put the tunes back on and see if you can do better. Okay, please try to do better, because you're supposed to imitate us as we imitate Christ, so okay. no condemnation, but okay. Okay. You got those covering your ears? Can you hear? Okay, good. All right, hit the second one. Everybody stand to your feet real quick. Oh, yeah. You know it. Are you ready? Put your hands up. Okay, imitate us, Claudia. Come on. We're having so much fun. No, nothing? Come on, Claudia. I mean, God's given you the power to be a steward. Come on. Okay, got the music. Hey, no dancing in church. Sit back down. All right. Okay, Claudia, how do you feel about how you did? You can take that off. You, oh, ah, you like the Jonas Brothers. Okay, sorry. We're off topic. So, um. Now, why was it so hard again just to imitate? Because you weren't doing a very good job of doing what we were doing. What we were doing. You you weren't seeing and hearing clearly? That's that's hard, isn't it? Now, shall we let her try it without the hindrance of what she is keeping her from seeing clearly and hearing clearly? Now, which, what do you want to do, the first or the second? Number two. (laughs) This is a... The first Saturday service chose number one. They were too cool, but you guys are... Okay, everybody stand to your feet. See if you can imitate us now. Are you ready, Maestro? Here we go. Hit it when you're ready. back and like, I can't believe we just did that. (laughs) Okay, obviously craziness, but do you get the thing of when something is hindering how we see and hindering how we hear? It's very difficult to imitate, isn't it? And God, the good news of all this is that Jesus is saying, man, if you draw near to me, I will let you hear my voice. I'm going to reveal myself to you and have you see me as you draw near to my word. Man, my hope is to make it as easy as possible for you to imitate me is what God is inviting each and every one of us to do. And you know what? When we even take a step towards seeing him, hearing him, and imitating him, his heart, you know what happens? Peter, did I ask you permission to use this video of exploit your daughter for shameless fame and fortune? Okay, we have, we have an incredible, one of our youngest staff member, team members, Uh, is also a movie star. And she took a step of imitating what she has seen in her home. And, uh, well, I'll let you see right now how it went. This is Ella Gertis. Dad, 
we're not advocating cruelty to animals. I don't think any animals were seriously hurt in the making of this movie. <laughs> Nobody called whatever the, you know, whatever that association is. Anyway, but here's the deal. What happens when we see one of our kiddos stepping out and wanting to imitate and wanting to walk in the authority that they've seen in us? What happens to our hearts? Are we like, are we like, what a fail. You didn't even get that animal to submit to you. What's wrong with you? How come you're not understanding everything and walking in that authority? No. Man, our hearts are like, oh my goodness. I love it. There's joy, isn't there? There's grace. There's, man, there's tenderness as a mom or a dad. Or even all of us who aren't even her moms and dads. But we says, you know what? When God sees us beginning to step out and imitate him, there's such grace. There's such favor. Don't worry about it. If we fall on our face, if we have sit, sit, and nothing's happening as we try to walk in stewardship, it's okay. God is saying, it's all right. We're going to circle back around, come back. We'll learn a few more tricks. You know, maybe give you some treats or something. I don't know. Come on, Peter, help the girl out. <laughs> so that's the good news, guys. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about what God-centered stewardship looks like, what some of the things are that God is inviting us to imitate him in. But I just really felt like God wanted to lay that foundation to just remove legalism, to remove that sense of, well, we're slaves and we're just obeying orders that God's barking out. Man, that's not what God wants for us. He is inviting us up, lifting us up to rule and reign with him, to be his stewards, to reveal his glory, to accomplish his purposes. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you so much, God, for your life-giving word. Thank you for being the king of kings. You've made us kings, but you are the king of kings. And Lord, we love you. We desire to honor you. We desire to grow in our relationship, to hear your voice, to see you clearly, to imitate you joyfully. And God, just to draw ever closer to you each and every day, reflect your glory. God, bless your people. Give us unique understanding to know what your word is, righteousness, to know what you're asking us to specifically do, which is faith, God, let us walk in love and put those things into practice in each other's lives and ultimately experience your peace and wholeness. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to dismiss. If you're new with us, don't forget, come see us at The Hub. If you want any information about anything, Pastor Dan, prayer teams are here if you want prayer for anything whatsoever. Uh, Be careful driving home as it is still a little bit slippery out there. God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.